welcome to The Karen Kenny Show. I'm a certified spiritual mentor, hypnotist, writer, integrative change worker, and life coach. I always say, this whole being human thing is kind of like an ongoing problem. So on this show, I tell everyday stories interwoven with spiritual principles, practical tools, and plenty of humor to help us transform from pain to peace, from wound to wisdom, from your story to your glory, and ultimately from fear back to love. Hey, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm sorry, I'm cracking up laughing. So those of you who are regular listeners to the show, you might have seen (laughs) my sometimes co-office mate, Toby Pajamas. So Toby Pajamas is a uh, cat. He's 16. He's orange. He's a rescue from Alabama. He's out of his mind. Okay. We've had him since he was like six months old, I think. Anyways, he's totally out of his mind. And um, he was in here just a little while ago and then he wanted to go out. So I shut the door behind him. And now he keeps literally like launching himself against the door <laughs> and then woo, taking off and doing zoomies down the stairs. And I can hear his body. And he's not a small cat. So you can hear Oh my God, he's cracking me up. Okay, and we're back. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. Oh my God. Okay, you guys, I am wicked excited about today's episode. So I sometimes like to share why or where inspiration for for a particular episode comes from. And today, my inspiration comes from one of my favorite people beings, artists, souls that was on the planet. So I'm going to hold up this little thing. (laughs) So if you're not watching the show today, if you're listening, you're kind of missing out, but I'm going to, I'm going to describe what I'm doing. (laughs) So you can see from the bottom of my screen. Oh my God, that's right. It's Bob Ross. You guys, I'm holding up this little cardboard cutout. Uh, of my buddy, Bob Ross. (laughs) Bob Ross, painter, artist, teacher, TV personality, all around heck of a guy. Oh my God, beautiful soul. One of the, one of the big time members of my spiritual team. So it's this little cardboard cutout and um, he's wearing jeans and his boots and he's holding his palette and his paintbrush and he's got his little, his little permed Afro and he's holding his paintbrush and he's smiling at us. And I keep him on my desk. I also have one of Mr. Rogers, but we're going to save that one for another episode. Okay, so here's what happened. Here's what happened. Let's dive into this sucker. I think I'm going to call this work with what happens. Work with what happens. Okay, so Bob Ross, if you don't know who he is. Oh my God. So Bob Ross had a TV show on PBS and his first show ever, I think, aired on January 11th, 1983. So like way back in the day, he ended up doing this show for 31 seasons and there were over 400 episodes, you guys. And um, I think they said the number was something like he created in that time over 30,000 paintings. So if you have never seen Bob Ross and have watched his show, Let me tell you, go Google it. You are in for a treat. Um, Bob Ross is most well-known not only for his style of painting, his style of teaching, his compassionate heart, his love of animals, his love of nature. 
but he has this very particular tone of voice, which when you listen to it, like I can't speak for you, but like my whole nervous system just like relaxes. It just calms right down. It's almost like a hypnotic way of speaking. Um, it's, it's lovely and it's beautiful. And you may or may not know this about Bob Ross, but he was in the Air Force for many, many, many years before his um, painting and his creativity and his artwork became the focus of his life. And in the the service, um, it is said that he was, you know, quote unquote, a drill sergeant. And he hated having to yell at people about cleaning the latrine and getting up in your face and being in your business and yelling, yelling, yelling. And he hated it. He hated being mean. So he, rumor has it, and it's written in this book. So one of my friends uh, gifted me this amazing book. I'm holding this up too. And it's ha called Happy Little Accidents, The Wit and Wisdom of Bob Ross. Oh my God, you guys are obsessed. I just love him so much. So in this book, it was saying that he vowed once he got out of the military, he was no longer going to yell at people. And then that led to that really beautiful, compassionate, kind, uh, comforting tone of voice that he used in all his shows. Okay. So here's where, so Bob is known for his, as the book says, his wit and wisdom. So even though he was teaching people how to paint on this show, if you listen to those episodes all throughout the episode, he's dropping these little nuggets of wisdom. He's dropping these little funny things, um, really wise things, uh, really helpful things. I mean, for me, it was like listening to spiritual principles kind of being woven within his artwork, his painting, what he was teaching. So I see him as a spiritual teacher. I don't really care if anybody else agrees with me, but I, I saw him as a spiritual teacher. And he had this way of being, um, of being so calm, like just so, so clear, so concise, so calm, so connected, so confident. And so often we, we, we think of that level of kind of confidence being with people who kind of walk into a room with all this attitude and arrogance and taking up all the, the space in the room. But he was just so quiet and humble, but his presence was so felt and so impactful. Um, so he had a, a kind of um, humble confidence that I really love and respect. It kind of reminds me of my sweetie a little bit. Okay. So I love Bob Ross so much. And then I'm going to get into the hot beat of the show that um, I often turn him on when like, you know, if my sweetie and I have to leave the house and, you know, we're only going to be gone for a little bit or whatever, we'll leave the TV on for the dogs. Or if I'm, if I'm upstairs working and my sweetie is gone, I'll, I'll put on Bob Ross for the dogs. <laughs> I swear they love it. Okay. But here's the thing. So one night I'm making dinner. And I just, you know, I clicked on the TV. I was going to, you know, sit down to eat and watch a show in a few minutes. And Bob Ross is on. So the Bob Ross channel is always like our default channel. Um, so if we, if you turn on our TV, you know, a lot of times that's the channel that will, that will come on on the TV. And I click it on, I turn it around, I'm making my pasta, whatever I'm making, some vegan, yummy vegan snacks. And Bob's painting. Okay. Now I have since heard him say this phrase. In multiple ways. So same meaning, as I always say, same Z's different, okay? The heartbeat of the show, work with what happens. Okay, but I've heard him say this phrase in multiple ways at least three times on three different episodes. And I'm gonna share what he says. Um, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it down for you and why I think it's so impactful and helpful, not only for me, but for you, my dear listeners. So 
here's the thing. Okay, I'm making dinner, right? I got my back to the TV. I'm not watching and I'm like stirring the, the marinara sauce or whatever. And all of a sudden I hear Bob say his infamous phrase, right? He is absolutely known for saying that we there are no mistakes, okay? So when you're painting and you and you quote unquote think you've flubbed up, right? You think you screwed up. Like what, whether you use the wrong color, you put too much on the brush, like whatever. He always will say this, he'll say, uh, there are no mistakes, right? We don't make mistakes. They're just happy little accidents. And of course, like I'm stirring and I'm chuckling because well, who doesn't want to hear that, right? There are no mistakes. They're just happy little accidents. You made an accident. Oh, look, now it's a bird, <laughs> right? Happy little accidents. So that kind of makes me chuckle. And then he drops this sucker. He says right after that, okay, there are no mistakes, they're just happy little accidents. And he says this, learn to work with what happens. And I just about like leave my body. Like I, I like jump. I'm like, I'm like, awesome. like I spin around and I'm like, shit, get a piece of pen and paper. So in my kitchen, thank God, I always have, I always have pen and paper pretty much everywhere. As a writer, that's what we're like, Right. So I run over before I forget, before my brain can forget, I run over and I grab a piece of paper and I jot that down, right? I got it written down right here on this piece of paper. I can show you. Learn to work with what happens. And I thought, oh my God, what a powerful teaching, not only for painters and artists and creatives, but for just human beings. And I got wicked excited about this because it's very much in line with my own teaching. And it was just like, oh my God, like the synapses, like the, the the little cells in my brain, the little neurons in my brains were firing, right? And what fires together, wires together, as Rick Hansen says. And all of a sudden, all of these connections, all the little guys, all the little guys in my little filofax system in my subconscious and in my, in my brain were like, woo, right? They were like totally connecting the dots. Oh my God. Now I'm gonna share uh, a couple of other ways that he said this. And then I'm going to relate it and break it down why I'm so excited about this. Okay. He has said it this way. Learn to work with what happens. He's also said, use, no, he said, learn to use anything that can happen. Learn to use anything that can happen. Now, remember, he's talking about on the canvas while he's painting. I'm talking though about life. Learn to use anything that can happen. And then he said it this way another time. And I'm sure he has said it a thousand other ways on other episodes. But these are the three that I've seen and heard with my own with my own earballs. I was going to say my own earballs. I was going to say my own eyes and my own ears. <laughs> my own eyeballs, my own ears. They're earballs now. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. He said this, and I fucking love it. He said, use what happens to create your own masterpiece. And I was like, oh my God, double amen hands, Bob Ross. Look at him. I got to hold him up again. Look how cute he is. You guys look at that gentle little smile. I love Bob. Gave him a little kiss, a little kiss a Rooney. Okay. Cause here's the thing. My process that I use, right? So I use a lot of different tools in my work with people in spiritual mentoring, using hypnosis, somatic work, subconscious reprogramming, right? Uh, integrative change work, integrative hypnosis, life coaching, yoga, all breath work, like all the, all the tools that I use, right? They're all used in this four-step process that I use that I've created that I call your story to your glory. 
your story to your glory. And the heartbeat of this is really, we've all got stories to tell. We've all got stories about the shit that has gone down in our lives, the stuff that has gone down, the stuff that has gone wrong, sometimes the stuff that has gone right. We all have these stories, these beliefs, these experiences, these identities, right? All these things that make up the stories that we tell about ourselves, that we believe about ourselves, whatever. And a lot of times we are not writing stories in our own favor or anybody else's. We are often attached to and retelling and re-traumatizing ourselves again and again and again with these same stories. And what whatever the details of the stories are, because we know that there's really awful, brutal, tragic, horrible, violent, terrible, right? Things that happen in the world and that humans do to one another. I'm not saying that the stories aren't um, perceived as real. I'm not saying that they didn't happen. I'm not saying anything of that. But in the work that I do, so much of it is about taking those stories and through this process, right? Releasing the meaning that we've assigned to them, rewriting them through a different lens, a lens of love instead of fear. And then moving through that process till we transform that old story into your glory, into your strengths, into your power, into your uniqueness, into your um, unique set of skills. Your, the, the way that you see the world, the way that you create and make art and help people and show up and speak your language, your words, your essence, right? Who you are, your spirit. That's that whole process. And that's basically right? What Bob is distilling down, he's saying, learn to use whatever happens, work with what happens. And this is what I often say to people, you know, at retreats, I'll tell them how, you know, I was a wicked sensitive kid and I had a lot of trauma when I was a little kid um, and throughout my life, right? It's not just like a one and done. This being human is an ongoing fucking problem, right? You know what I'm saying? So, but I have learned to take what has happened to me and through this kind of process, this, alch this, this alchemy, right? That, uh, this kind of wizardry, I kind of like to say, right? That's what I think about these processes, that they're, there's magic in them. There's, there's very much human, practical, applicable, down-to-earth results and lessons and, and tools, but the outcomes can feel kind of magical. You know what I mean? And so- um, when when I think about this process, your story to your glory, what we're doing is we're taking the things that have happened to us and we're mining them. We're mining them to to kind of shift and shake. And you know, when the panhandlers back in the day would go and look for gold and they would kind of sift through and they would try to find the gold amongst all the rock, right? That's kind of what we're doing. And I've often told people, again, as I was starting to say, like at my retreats, I'll say, you know, I was a wicked sensitive kid. And I said, and I've turned that sensitivity. I have turned that hypervigilance because of trauma in my childhood into my superpowers. I have turned those old stories into my strengths, into my skill set, into the ways that make me a better coach, a better mentor, a better friend, a better sweetie, a better you know, writer, a better listener, a better person who, who can pay attention, right? Who can sit with difficult things, who can hear difficult things, who's not going to run away from other people's pain and suffering, humans or animals, right? I'm not going to turn a blind eye. I have taken these really challenging, wicked, hard shit that has happened and I have turned it into, right? I have learned 
I have learned to use what happens to create my own masterpiece, as Bob Ross says. Use what happens to create your own masterpiece. And sometimes we're not able yet because time, right? Healing takes time. Healing takes way longer when you do not have support, help, tools, or you have not learned. Nobody has helped you to learn yet, uh, or you have not discovered on your own yet how to transform your story to your glory, how to shift your perception in your mind from fear to love, how to move out of those old patterns and habits of the ways that we identify with ourselves. We haven't learned yet to shift from body identification to spirit identification. We haven't learned yet how to work with what happens. The only way Sometimes some people work with what happened to them is they stay down in that place of what we would call like, you know, the victim loop. And I want to be wicked clear. This is not to say that things haven't happened that you haven't been a victim of. And whether that's when you were a little kid and you had no power or you've been um, the victim of a crime or you have been the victim of abuse or whatever. I'm not saying that where I don't throw that word victim around lightly like there aren't people who are victimized. My mother was a victim, OK, of, of a brutal uh, murder. So I, I, I understand the, the power of that word. But we can sometimes once we move away from our younger years, and we're now adults with autonomy and agency and authority, right? We still perceive ourselves in these old stories as being, right? There's parts of us. There are parts of us inside of us, right? Parts of our personality that are still stuck back when we were five or eight or 11 or 12 or 15 or 17. They don't know that, hey, we're 55 now. Hey, I'm 34 now. Hey, I'm 72 now. Hey, I'm 64, right? They don't know that yet. And if we don't do some inner work, if we don't do some spiritual work to catch those parts of ourselves up, if we're not actively and proactively, right? Looking at those old stories, looking at those old patterns and habits and ways of being, then we often stay stuck in that loop back then when we were victimized and we keep dragging the past into not only our present, but it starts to predict our future. And no wonder why we feel anxious or depressed or whatever. You know, and I, and I talk to my friends about this all the time about how I don't think enough people understand the importance of the kind of work that I do and what I help people with. I think a lot of people have normalized a lot of bullshit. I think a lot of people have normalized suffering in a way that we shouldn't. And I'm not saying, oh, I'm so special. I'm so important. What I'm saying is I think spiritual work doesn't get um, that, call it mindset work, call it personal development work, call it spiritual work, whatever you want to call it. I don't think sometimes that it gets the credit that it deserves. That, that people don't understand the symptom problem solution situation. They might be aware that they're having symptoms of being unhappy, of not being at ease. They have anxiety, depression. Uh, they're miserable in their marriage or their job and their bodies and their lives, right? Everything is gloom and doom or they're just not satisfied. They got, even if they got everything they thought they wanted and they're still not happy, right? So they haven't quite made, they understand there's a symptom, right? And whether it's discomfort or lack of contentment or 
resentment or whatever is going on, right? They're drinking too much. They're staying up too late. They're avoiding their partner. They hate their job. Fill in the blank, a thousand and one ways to suffer. They're often not making the connection to what the real problem is, right? So they'll say things like, oh, uh, maybe I just need to get to bed earlier. I need to stop drinking or I need to stop doing this or whatever. They, they haven't even identified. They think the problem is to stop doing the thing that is trying to suppress the symptom, but they're not getting to the root or the cause. They're aware of the effects of the cause. They're aware of the effect of whatever the problem is, but they're not clear yet on the problem. And the work that I do with people is helping us get down to the root, get under the, under the, under the, under of what's really going on, going to cause. So then effect will change. So we go inside and do the work internally. We do the spiritual work. We do the mental work. We do the emotional work, right? And then, yes, we could certainly discuss the physical work if that's appropriate in that particular you know, client situation right? Those four different levels of healing. Um, but a lot of times people are symptom aware, but they're not problem aware. And then they're definitely not solution aware. They're not thinking. I always jokingly say, most people aren't laying in bed at night saying, oh God, I need a, I need a, I need a spiritual mentor. You know, oh, if I only had uh, an integrative hypnotist, an integrative change worker, if I only had a life coach, they're not all usually thinking that because they've normalized, right? They're used to that particular level of suffering or thought process or perception or whatever. So I love what Bob is saying here, you know, and it reminds me of a quote that I love from Carlos Castaneda that I often share with people. And he says this, he says, we either make ourselves miserable or we make ourselves strong. The amount of work is the same. We either make ourselves miserable or we make ourselves strong. The amount of work is the same. And so when I work with people, I say, okay, well, we've tried it your way, right? You've already done it your way, right? You're clearly here to work with me because not everything is going the way that you thought it would or should. And you might be a little miserable, a little unhappy. Well, the same amount of energy and effort that you've put into either avoiding the problem, figuring out what the problem really is, right? Being honest and owning both your brilliance and your bullshit. If we can just now take that energy and funnel it into, right? Funnel it... <laughs> into making yourself strong, stronger in your mind, stronger in your heart, stronger in the, the installing internal stabilizers, right? Using these different tools, the spiritual tools, the brain science tools, the hypnosis, right? All of these things, the visualization processes, all these things that, that we bring together. And it can have remarkable, incredible results. We move from, we transform from your story to your glory. And that's what this is. Learn to use what happens to create your own masterpiece. Now, I get it. I can already feel like I can hear the voice in my head saying some really terrible, awful things happen. And you want me to turn that into a positive somehow? You want me to take my fill in the blank, fill in the awful thing that happened. And you want me to somehow spin fucking gold out of this? Like, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? I can, I can already hear it. But I will say this, I will say this, as a kid who grew up with a lot of trauma, I know what becomes possible when you set your mind 
to not staying in that old story. There's a reason why I'm a writer. I am a lover of words, a lover of books. I'm a reader. I'm a storyteller because I know the power of stories. I know the power of stories to bring us together, to connect us, to strengthen us, to heal us. And I know the power of a story that is told repeatedly with repetition, not in our own favor. As a kid who has been victimized, as a kid who knows what it's like to have a dead, murdered mother, right? To Like, I'm not here to list all my traumas for you. I'm like, read the book, read the memoir when it comes out. But what I'm saying is I get it. I get it. I may not know exactly what you've been through, but I understand the, the pull of the undertow, the strength, the gravity of our suffering and how hard it can be sometimes to not just know how to shift from your story to your glory, but to even want to. Because there is something the brain, the brain loves the subconscious mind. It loves the familiar. And to leave the familiar, to leave the known into the unknown, even if the unknown is better, safer, more loving, it's really scary, right? For the, for the subconscious, for, for our nervous system to leave the known, even if the known hell, even if it's a hell. So we would rather stay in an, in a, in an unsafe known than shift, right? That old story, than shift into a safe unknown, that glory piece. And what Bob is telling us here is don't just like be like, oh my God, it's awful. I screwed up. It's a mistake. It's this terrible thing has happened. He's saying, no, learn to work with what happens. Use what happens to create your own masterpiece. Learn to use anything that happens. And I believe that we can. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying this happens wicked fast. I'm not telling everybody to rush their grieving process, their healing process, or their forgiveness process. That is up to the individual. But what I'm saying is so much becomes possible when we become willing to use what has happened in our own favor, to take back our power from those old um those old stories, those old things that have happened, the wicked had shit even, we can transmute it. We can shift from fear to love. We can move from the wound to the wisdom, from the pain to the peace, from that experience of hell to this experience of personal heaven. We can shift from fear to love, from your story to your glory if we learn how to use what has happened. And sometimes we need somebody to hold our hand and walk along beside us as we do this work. And that's where people like me come in. So I wanted to share this with you because I got so excited because Bob Ross is dropping nuggets of gold at our feet. It's like spiritual breadcrumbs all the time. And I, I write down, I keep a list. I keep a list. I'm like, I could do like seven more shows right now off of the things that he's taught us, right? Just like Mr. Rogers. I'm going to do a whole thing on like the seven smarty pants things or more or whatever of Mr. Rogers too. But you guys, I hope this was helpful in some way. I, I hope it's helping you at the very least. If you're somebody who has felt stuck, disenfranchised, 
if you've been in a place that has not been helpful for you, to at the very least, to give you a little bit of hope to know that there is another way, that there is another way. And once we start to believe that there is another way, I always say, like in A Course in Miracles, we talk about how as soon as there is a problem, as soon as there is a problem, the answer has already been created. The answer is already on its way. The solution, the miracle is already on its way. And all we have to do is open up our minds to the inner teacher, to, to that wicked smarty pants part of you that is always in communion with the divine, that has God's ear, right? And that, that has ears to listen to whatever is coming down the pike for you to know as well. And maybe today's podcast, today was the message that you needed to hear. Fingers crossed. I don't know. But hopefully this is landing inside of you in some way that makes you a little more hopeful, that feels a little more helpful, that you don't walk away um, continuing to feel helpless. Okay. So I would love to hear from you if you find this podcast helpful. And if you do, if you if this episode in some way landed in your heart, if it got you thinking, if it's starting to shift your perception a little bit, like that's amazing. Uh, and if you found it helpful, right, do me a favor and help me to spread um, the good word and the love by sharing it with somebody that you love, that you think might benefit from hearing this message today. That would be awesome. And I also just want to say thank you so much for being here. And you guys, one of the things I would love to do also is invite you to join my list, karenkenny.com slash sign up. So you will get this podcast right into your inbox every Thursday morning. Plus you will get uh, one other, like, um, what do we, I don't know, newsletter sounds like so outdated. I don't know, you get a little love letter from me <laughs> in your inbox, uh, letting you know what kind of shenanigans I'm up to. What kind? Because I'm going to be having some online events that you might want to be a part of, some workshops, and I'll be creating some fun things. So don't miss out on those and come join us again, karenkenny.com slash sign up. I would love to have you join us. And I hope this episode, Work With What Happens, is helpful to you. And if you've like, hey, I got a bunch of shit that's happened. I'm not sure how to work with it yet, but I do want to transform my story to my glory. I do want to shift from fear to love. I do want to, right, start to rewire my brain and like, you know, discover some neuroplasticity. Because look, at I'm 55. We can teach. I am living proof that you can teach some old dogs new tricks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and trust me, you guys, listen to me. If this knucklehead mass hole, if this mass hole from Lawrence Vass in Boston, if I can transform myself, if I can take that raw material from Lawrence Mass, right? and transform it. I am telling you, I am telling you, divine alchemy is at play. And I've already gone first and I got some tools in my spiritual toolkit. I got some tools in my, my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual toolkits um, that could be helpful. So if this resonates with you in any way and you need some help and you want to work together, you can also just go to karenkenny.com slash work with me and find out the different ways that I work one-to-one -one with people. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here today. Wherever you go, wherever you go, may you leave the animals, the people, the places you visit, the environment yourself better than how you first found it. Wherever you go, may your presence, may you be, you being there, be a blessing. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really love spending some time together. Now, if you dig the show or know someone that could benefit from this episode, 
please share it with them and help me to spread the good word and the love. And if you want to be in the know about all of my upcoming shenanigans, head on over to karenkenny.com slash sign up and join my list. It'll be wicked fun to stay in touch. Bye.